Come on, let's welcome him as he comes to bring the word. Thank you, worship band. You did a great job again. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Appreciate you guys at the back on the welcome. Appreciate those who get the coffee and teas ready and bring, obviously, the biscuits. Do the communion as well. You know, we're a team. And it's just great that, you know, as a team, we're seeing church built. And I just want to um, say thank you to Helena, my wife, uh, because she has put up with me for 29 years today. I just want to honor who she is. Um, as somebody who put up with me for 29 years, <laughs> that's a task in itself. Uh, but no, as a, a wife, as a mother, um, as a friend, uh, I just want to honor you um, as a lady who loves the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, with a passion. And that's one of the things I love about you is that you do everything with a passion. And, you know, whether it's street light, whether it's church, whether it's politics, whatever it is, uh, you do it in a, such a, a, a tremendous way. And, you know, for me, I just love you. And I just want to honor you as my wife uh, today, not just as um, co-pastor here, but somebody that I love and adore. And um, I wouldn't love doing my life with anybody else other than you. Well, there you go. Martin, I'm sorry, I haven't got a poem, so I haven't beaten you to the poem. Uh, for those who weren't here, um, when it was their anniversary um, at the beginning of May, um, Martin had written a poem to Sue, so I, co I can't manage a poem, but uh, I hope those words are well-meaning. Um, yeah. There's, there's so many different things going on inside of me at this moment. Um, one of the um, big things for me when I went to Israel um, was when we were at the prayer house in Bethlehem. And I can't get this image out of my head. This um, prayer house literally had the, the partition wall, the three walls either on all three sides of the property, and it's near Rachel's tomb. And, you know, in this uh, prayer house, they're praying and obviously um, seeing what God is saying to the church within Bethlehem. But one of the things that I really felt God say to me while I was there, and I shared it while I was there, that no matter, you know, the wall was very physical, you could see it as you, you know, there was this prayer room and you could see it outside. Um, of the windows and it's it's there right in front of you but I just felt God say to me that in that time it was very very clear that it's not the walls that matter it's who I am that matters and so you know I, I've lived with that for the last three four weeks because it was it's such a real picture to me that it's not what happens around me that counts it's who Jesus Christ is in my life it's not, you know, a wall. It's not a situation. It's not my boss. It, it's not a situation, 
may be finances. It may be, you know, education is struggling with a particular thing within education. It, it's none of those that define you. It's Jesus Christ who defines you. And no matter what that wall may appear to be, Jesus Christ is far, far greater than that wall. And, you know, yes, I, I want to see that wall go. I do. I want to see that removed. But I also want the protection of all, both Arab and Jew, within that whole area. So it's, it's you know, yes, I want to agree with them that the wall comes down. Absolutely. But it doesn't define them. As a believer, my question, and I believe God's question is, what's defining you? Is it your current situation? Do you go into um, the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and do you allow Christ to define your life and the course of your life? Do you welcome him into those areas? Or are you so busy that he gets crowded out of that situation and therefore he doesn't really get a look in? You might get an emergency prayer every so often. Um, but for me, God is sort of saying, if there is something of an obstacle in our life, where's Christ in that place? Where's Jesus coming into that equation in your everyday life? Do you include him in, you know, I'm not, I'm not talk, talking about what should I wear, etc. You know, I know some people do that. Um, but I, I'm just talking about everyday life. Lord, you know, who do you want me to speak to today? You know, in this situation, I've got a business meeting today. Lord, give me wisdom of how to communicate Father, you know, I've got a lesson full of children today. And that's normally what happens in lessons. But, you know, <laughs> you know you've know, you got, you know, maybe a disruptive person within that class or somebody who's, who's playing up a little bit. Something's going on at home. And, Lord, we just pray that they will have peace in that particular situation. It's including him in that arena. In the offices, in, in, as you manage people, you know, God, give me wisdom, give me knowledge to what's going on in different people's lives so I understand what some of the behaviors are. Because sometimes we can have people who are working with us and just there's a mood swing somewhere. But we don't know what's going on in the background and it may be that God wants to give us a key to what that looks like and what that may be in that particular situation or circumstance. You know, it, it can be, you know, a university that, you know, Lord, I'm finding it really sh difficult to share my faith with anybody because everybody seems to be really hardened to it. There seems to be a wall that goes up. The wall doesn't define you. The wall does not define you. It's Jesus Christ who defines you. And I just um, was, I've been reading uh, Acts um, 13, Helena brought this scripture last week, uh, yesterday, but we had, sorry, last week, but we had a great encounter night on Wednesday, and there was just a couple of things God spoke to me um, then, and I just want to share a few things that I felt God bring there, and there's a little clip that I'm going to be showing in two seconds, um, but in Acts chapter 13, um, 
it says, uh, I'll read from verse 36 again. Um, from yeah, Acts 13, 36. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Now, please, none of you fall asleep here. You know, I do believe in resurrection of the dead, but uh, yes, not today. Um, he was buried with his ancestors and his bodies decayed. But for me, I want to have that said about me. Whenever my time is or whether Jesus Christ comes back before I get promoted, I, w I want to have people say about me that he served God in his generation and he served him well. Do you want that said about you? Or do you want, you know, on your tombstone, just something, he died such and such a, he was born such and such a day, he died, he was uh, a father, a mother, etc. cetera. I, I want something extra on my, if, unless God obviously bring, comes back before. But I, I want people to say that, you know, he ran the race well. Or, you know, actually he served God in his generation. He served the purposes of God in that university. He served God well in that school as a teacher. He served God well as builders. He served God well as a solicitor. He served God well as musicians. He served God well as engineers, office managers. He served God well politicians. I want that to be said about us. Sorry, bankers. I want, I want God to be saying that about all of us. That we've served God well in our generation of time. Now, please forget about the falling asleep bit because there's a lot of to do. So, y y yes. But the one who God raised from the dead did not see decay. That's obviously Jesus. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believed is set free from every sin. A justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish. For I am going to do something in your day that you would never believe, even if someone told you. I believe that's prophetic over, not just us here, I believe that's prophetic in our, in our nation, over the church in this nation. Obviously, I don't want us to be scoffers. I don't want us to be people who are believing circumstances rather than the word of God. In Bethlehem, they do see this wall. And the circumstances sometimes can be so overwhelming that they sometimes forget who God is within that particular location. I don't want us to be people who live by... Um, what one of the things we are going to be doing as a church, we're always going to be praying for healing. <laughs> because I believe God heals. And, you know, whether we see something the physically at that moment in time, that
that doesn't stop me believing who God is in that situation. I pray for a lot of people and I've not seen something happen in the situation. Now, God knows what's going on, but I've not seen the evidence of it. And I want to see the evidence of it. Now, I could choose because I'm not seeing the evidence of it not to, st to stop praying for people and to not pray for headaches or colds or, or things like that or even more stronger sinning from cancer or growths and things like that. You know, I, I want to see people healed of Parkinson's. I do. I want to see people healed of things that are naturally out there, impossible for anybody else. I want to see healed. You know, there was a gentleman on our Israel tour who had Parkinson's. And, you know, I, I prayed, I was praying, certainly at the pool of Bethesda, I sort of said, Lord, heal him. Nothing physically happened in that particular situation, but does that stop me from praying for somebody with Parkinson's? No. Why? Because God's not changed. I don't understand at this moment why not everybody gets healed when I pray. Maybe, you know, there's things in me that aren't quite right, and that's another whole subject in itself. But I'm, I don't want to come down to, I'm not asking God to come down to my level. God's in the heavenlies. And we've got to make sure that in every area of our lives, wherever we are, wherever our workplaces are, where God has placed us as the church in that situation. We've got to make sure that we're representing him, not bringing God to a level that is not him. And I don't want to be a scoffer at these things. I don't want to be belittling God in the moment that God sends us into and those periods of time that God gives us in workplaces or families or homes or friendship groups. I don't want to bring God to a level that I'm scoffing at how great our God is. The children of Israel heard the word of God so often, yet went a different route. God, I believe, is wanting to reveal himself to us, to you, to me, not just on a Sunday, but every single moment of every single day, so that his purposes can be realized through your life and my life. So it's not something that we just sort of open ourselves up on a Sunday and sort of saying, okay, God, speak to me today. But actually, when we go away from here, we're saying, God, continue to speak to me. Show me what you are wanting to do. I'm open to receive because I don't want to be one that builds my house on the sand. Now, we all know that those who build the house on the sand are people who hear the word but does do nothing about it. Those who build the house on rock are people who listen to the word of God and then put it into action. And that's the difference between these two. But look at this, wonder and perish. For I am going to do something in your day that you would never believe. I think lots of you in this room have big dreams. Big dreams. For your own life. Your personally. But also when you think about God. What you're wanting him to do in our nation. Now. 
again, I- if you don't think that way, then maybe God is wanting to challenge you a little bit to sort of saying, actually, oh, you've got dreams for your own personal life. What about what I'm wanting to do, my kingdom purposes? Some of us have got, you know, we, we do have dreams where we want to be in our careers, where we want to be with family. We have dreams like that, and that's not wrong. But there's also things concerning God's kingdom and seeing God's kingdom advance in the areas of society that you live in. How many million of people are living in London? 70 million? 10 million in London. That's just in London. No, in the UK, isn't it? It's about 70 million in the UK. 80 million, is it? Ooh, it's gone up. (laughs) (laughs) Any any increases on 90? (laughs) 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 So we're seeing increase um, in our nation. But just think, how many people are you personally going to touch in those 70 million people? You, you may touch, s- what, 0.001% of that? That's why we need the body of Christ. That's why we need you and the rest of the body of Christ in this area, in London, and beyond, all to be working for his kingdom purposes. So that not 0.001%, but we begin to see something radically change, radically shift. And that's what I'm talking about. Do we dream this way? Do you have some thinking of this way of seeing kingdom change, people saved? people set free, things happening in our workplaces, in our schools. I get excited. You know, in Hong Kong, um, there's been some interesting scenes um, over the last week. And um, the, the, the government tried to bring some change into law and there was a mass protest that people just came um, on the streets in the millions and they started to sing and they've been singing hallelujah constantly it's been it has become the anthem and there's christians within that group of people as well and they've just started singing hallelujah hallelujah And it's become something that these millions of people are singing. And there's some prophetic people who are saying something is shifting in Hong Kong because of it. Something's moving in Hong Kong. And, you know, it may be sometimes we don't see and we can't put it on paper A, B, C, D and E. But spiritually speaking, something is shifting because of these millions of people on the street singing hallelujah. And there's Christians in that mix praying and interceding, etc., etc. But the intercessors are saying something's shifting in the heavenlies. And they're saying, we're going to be 
watching to see what that looks like. But I am going to do something in your day that you would never believe, even if someone told you. As I say, I, I, I can think big. I, I, I can dream big. Stadiums full. I, I can see those sort of things. We had a prayer event um, probably about eight, nine years ago. And we took over, uh, there was a group of people who took over Wembley Stadium. And there was thousands there. Um, J. John took over the Arsenal Stadium. And again, thousands were at that event. 6,000 people turned up at the Pentecostal rally in um, Trafalgar Square two weeks ago. Or a bit more than that. Yeah, two weeks ago. But I can see a lot more than that. But God's sort of saying in this scripture, I'm going to do something in your day that you would never believe, even if someone told you. Now, sometimes, you know... <laughs> God will talk to us in different ways. And I just want you to begin to ask him to sort of talk to you about your workplaces, where you live, your community. I want you to begin to understand, you know, in Italy, it's great to have you back, even though it's for this Sunday. Isn't it good to have Andre back? It is. We've missed you. We've really missed you. But I know that God has a purpose for you being in Italy. And it's coming in and then sort of saying, God, not just personally, but Lord, what are you wanting to do in Italy? In northern Italy, where you're from? It's, it's, it's a bigger picture. And, and God wants to do so much more. So much more. Can we just have a little view of the screen please just got something I want to show you Um, on, on, um, 
that was Narnia, if anybody didn't know. Um, on Wednesday, I, I just had this whole picture um, of how the breath of God can change and bring change into every situation and circumstance. And God just reminded, or I believe God reminded me of that film where um, Aslan, who, uh, if you know C.S. Lewis, was a th- uh, an imagery of Jesus um, and as a lion. And when he breathed upon those statues of stone, they came back to life. There was life in them, but they had frozen into place because of the wicked witch who had uh, put a spell on them and put them into a stone frame, into position. Uh, But the breath of God brought change and brought them back to life. And uh, I just really get a sense that God's sort of saying that there's situations where every day we need the breath of God. That there's times where we need the breath of God over our own lives. We've got stuck somewhere. We've got ourselves into a position where we're taking one f- step forward and one step back, one step forward, one step back, and, and we, we've got a little bit stuck. And it's the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, that is going to bring that life in order for us to then take a next step and then the f- n- another step and another step. I believe that that's something personally for some of us here. I believe that there's other situations where we need to see something shifting. Something around us we need to see shifting because, again, it's like it's an object. It's a something that's standing in our way to see progress in a particular area of our lives. And again, for me, it's like we need the breath of God to be activated in that. There's two things there. One, I believe that it's, we need, the first one is God to be breathing upon us in a fresh way. There's that song, I I mentioned it several weeks ago about breathe on me breath of God. And it came out of a gentleman who was really struggling uh, to see which way to go and that's the words that came out of that place breathe on me breath of God because that's what he needed and there's moments in time where it's God breathing upon us to take us from one place to another but there's something else as well that sometimes when we are in places and situations because the Holy Spirit lives in us We are the ones that are speaking out the very words of life into different situations and circumstances. So it's when we and the Holy Spirit are in union together and I'm speaking out the very breath of God over different situations and circumstances. So I can begin to communicate things from the heart of God saying, This obstacle needs to be removed now in the name of Jesus. When I've aligned myself with his word 
at that time, it's the very breath of God that I'm speaking that brings something that was once dead or in stone, something that's stuck, something into life. And you see, for me, that's where we need to be in tandem with the spirit every single moment of every single day in order for us to be understanding what God is wanting us to say in each and every situation. You know, there's times where I have spoken and I've assumed things. And therefore, because I've assumed things, I've presumed things, nothing very much happens because it's not the spirit giving life in that moment. It's me trying to give life in that moment. You understand? Because you th th there's often sometimes we do just get into a normal way of thinking, a normal way of doing things. And when I read the Bible and when I look at God, he is so creative. He does things in so many different ways. And God wants us to always be open to the things that God is wanting to say and do all the time. Asking God to come and give that creativity in a particular situation or circumstance. Or if something needs to be shifting, it's like, Lord, what word do you want me to speak over this situation? What is the word that is going to shift this particular circumstance? It can be finance, it could be sickness, it could be a job, it could be something in the, you know, it could be your boss at work. But you don't ask him to be removed, do you? And you, 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 you're talking about the Holy Spirit, you're talking about people, you're talking about spiritual things. And so therefore it's just like, Lord, we just ask you that you will just do something in our day that will even surprise us. Personally, but also kingdom-wise. But understanding that when we speak, things should be happening. If we're aligned with the Holy Spirit, things should be happening around us. Different things, different circumstances. We've been talking about we are the light. We go into a particular situation and darkness needs to go. Whatever that darkness is, it may be within a particular person. It may be an attitude in a person. But that needs to change. Now, we don't go up to our bosses and just sort of say, you've got to change your attitude. But God will give you wisdom of how to do that. Why? Because he's interested in seeing his kingdom advance in your world, in my world. So that together we can influence the 70 million plus people that are in this nation. That's why every one of us needs to, to understand there's a greater purpose than just me surviving in this world. That I'm just going to make it through today. Actually, that's great. And that's a great thing to do that you make it through today. But there's also a bigger purpose that God has planned for you and for me to seeing his church become something that is light. It's not gray, it's not beige, it's not off-white, it's white, it's light. Have you ever been in a room where there's electricity, You turn it's dark and you've turned the light on? What happens? Darkness goes. It has to. 
And that's why God is wanting us as the church, as his representatives, in the areas that we influence. Because, you know, I might influence, you know, 100 people, but you might influence 200 people. You might influence 500 people. You might influence 1,000 people. Together, we start to see a momentum grow, a momentum built if we begin to perceive this way rather than just managing my life and asking God to help me manage my life. And please, it's not wrong to ask that. I'm just saying there's more to it than that. There is a whole kingdom perspective that God wants us to begin to see and to understand and therefore to understand that he wants to breathe upon us and he wants us to then speak his words over situations so the Mr. Tumnuses of this world become alive again so that they then can partake in the battle. If, you, if, if it goes on in the film that all of these guys that were um, put into stone, they all came into the army with King Peter and with Aslan. Why? Because everybody needs to be involved. There's no passengers. God doesn't want any passengers. Sometimes we, as a, a, a group of people, sometimes you can have people come and join us for a bit particular period of time and they need a little bit of loving and support. But its purpose is for them to get stronger so that they can become part of the battle. They can become part of the answer to the kingdom advancing in this nation. So I, I want us to, you know, in a sense, remember that, the wall that I remember, that actually that doesn't define you. So no matter what circumstances, that's not defining you at this moment. You can allow it to, but God doesn't want you to allow it to. God wants you to understand that the one in you is greater than anything out there that may be coming against you at this moment in time. But there's also the breath of God that you can ask God and say, God, breathe on me. Just like this hymn writer wrote those words because he was in a situation where he said, I need something fresh, something new, because I've got a little bit stuck. I'm getting a little bit, it's a bit tedious. It's, a, it, it's, it's not going in the way that I know you want me to go, Father. But there's also those situations, that everyday situations that God places you into. Lord, I want to partner with you in the worlds that you've placed us. And Lord, I want to have those words of life in me so that I can then speak them, breathe them out into the areas that I'm facing. In my school, in my university, in my workplace, in my neighborhood. Lord, I want to be speaking those very words of life. I want to include you because I see that this is involving something far greater than just my life. This is about the kingdom of God. For me to live is Christ, to fulfill his purposes on this earth.
I just ask you, don't please stand. I just want you to sit and just take a moment to answer some of those questions that I feel that the Holy Spirit has given us today. may feel like Mr. Tumnus who's been was stationary. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and breathe upon you fresh. It may be that you've just been thinking about your your world. And God's challenged you this morning to think a little bit bigger. Just ask him to help you to see the reasons why he's placed you where he has placed you. He knows. He knows where you work. He knows where you go to school. He knows who you live next to. He knows the work colleagues that you have, those who are positive and maybe those who are less positive. He knows about all of those things. But God, I believe, is saying, please include me. While you're sitting at that desk, please include me. When you're talking to your work colleagues, please include me. Because I might have something to s- I want to say. I want to breathe life s- into that conversation. In an extraordinary way. Because, Father, you are doing something in our day that we would not believe even if someone told us. Father, I want to get into that right place where I begin to see what you want me to see. Dream what you want me to dream in the situations that you're placing me. to dream about what you're wanting to do, about your kingdom and your kingdom purposes. Father, we thank you for past times where hundreds of thousands of people came to know you in short periods of time. Lord, do it again, Father. Not like you've done it before, but do it in our day in the way that you want us to see those thousands upon thousands of people coming into your kingdom. 